Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Well, look who's finally available. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's how it's going to (laughs) be? That is how it's going to be. Okay. Extra early. I'm sitting here waiting. You're all, yes, I will be ready to go at 7.30. All right. I never said 7.30. You said you're home by 7.30 after taking the kids to school. You most certainly did. I didn't say I would be ready to go (laughs) at 7.30. Okay. Well, in the future, you need to clarify that more with me because I assume that's what you meant. Okay. Yeah. No. You weren't even home. So stop it. No, I wasn't home. (laughs) I... I I thought we were going to do this around nine. So, you know... I was like, well, I don't know who I was talking to an entirely different person apparently last night. It's possible. (laughs) (laughs) It it is possible. That's that's the scary part. It's very possible. Especially when you have a really bad memory like I do. It's like, I don't even remember what we talked about yesterday. So I can't be held accountable for what happened yesterday. Oh, and I was thinking it was my memory. The two of us together were in serious shit. Sure. Let's go with that. Okay. That's, that's what I said. Your memory is mm. so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Apparently, I can't. not only can I not remember, I can't hear either. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So you ready to, to do this? Plow forward. You know, we always pick the worst days. It's garbage day, which means the arch enemies will be here any moment and my dogs will be losing their mind because they insist on stealing our garbage, which my dogs can't deal with. Well, this is also the worst day because this is the day before the episode comes out. <laughs> so then that's what yes. like worries me because we have to like do all the recording and then I have to try to do all the editing to get this thing out on a Wednesday. And it I don't think it matters what day we release on. We're just yeah, always going to record it the day before. That's what I was going to say. You're all, let's change it to Wednesday. That'll give me extra days. It's like, I was thinking that this morning. It just doesn't, it just <laughs> gives us an opportunity to wait that much longer. Well, hopefully with doing two books over the course of four weeks, we can get a little ahead. That would be nice. Oh, sure. Okay. And not be so stressed about reading the book, doing the notes, doing the recording, doing the editing, all within a one-week time span. (laughs) A one day. Yes, literally a one day. (laughs) And cranking out just absolutely golden material for our listeners. Oh, yeah. I'm we're still ha- operating on under the illusion that we have listeners, but okay. Yeah, we're putting out quality content. People That's right. Obviously, do a lot of preparation and planning <laughs> before the releases. 
don't know what you're talking oh, about. So sad. I didn't even read this book until Sunday. So, <laughs> oh my God, you read it in a day? I started it Sunday. I finished it Monday. And then I did Monday and Tuesday. No, no. Uh, Sunday night, Monday night notes. And then today's Tuesday. I can't deal with you. You're just too together and efficient. I don't know if I am. I cannot get caught up and I'm so stressed out right now when it comes to like the reading and stuff. I just can't. And it's stress that I do to myself. Okay. But like I have books I need to be beta reading. I can't oh. even get to them mm. because I have this going on and just like I can't focus or like life and yeah. all the other like adult things happening. I just want to sit down and read. That's is that too much to ask? Yeah. Apparently, I want to be independently wealthy and just read constantly, but I can't. I decided yesterday when I was trying to do my notes that I screw this, I'm just going to start going to the library for a couple of hours to work on my notes because my dogs think I'm at their beck and call and I have to get up. I have to let them out. I have to change her water. She wants me to hold her. She's, it's just insane. I'm like, I can't, I have to get away from you. Working was a good (laughs) thing because it gave me a break for my dogs. Yes. Yeah, I believe that 100%. Yesterday, I went for my first physical therapy for my TMJ, which was just awesome. I got to tell you. First of all, I have a a guy doing the physical therapy with me. And for those of you that don't know, if you have TMJ, they have to put their hands in your mouth a lot and move your (laughs) jaw and try to get the muscle in your joint to relax. And it's very uncomfortable. So because it's just not enough for me to freak out about, when the guy's asking me what I'm doing during retirement, I make the mistake of saying, I'm doing a podcast with my daughter. And he is all interested and said, what is your podcast about? And I said, oh, we review paranormal romance books and discuss them on our podcast. He was suddenly so interested. It's like he thought that I had the gateway information to what women want. What's well, the you kind of do, though. <laughs> well, I know. Got, he's got his hands in your mouth while you're... <laughs> Well, no, this was before that happened. Okay. He kind of looks at me and he's like, really? You know, and then he says, oh, I have a friend that does. She did that for a while. She was reviewing books like Twilight. And I said, that's a young adult romance. We don't. Twilight was absolute garbage. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But that's (laughs) a whole other podcast. Yeah. I didn't even bother reading it. I did. Um, And then I hated myself at the end of that series (laughs) when I read the entire series. Self-loathing is very important. You read the whole series. I've never loathed myself more (laughs) than I did when I Mm. finished that series. And I was like, why did I do this to myself? I absolutely hate myself. Yeah. I don't know. That's why you (laughs) don't have time to do other things. But You know, I said, we don't review those kinds of books. We're into women romance books. And he goes, well, what's the difference? And I started laughing. I said, well, ours are more of an X rating. Um, Yeah. And I said, I really think relationships would be better if men read some of these books. I don't, I think the divorce rate would be much lower. And he's like, really? Why? And I'm not going to get... He goes, tell me. And I go, I'm not going to get into specifics with you, but you may want to pick up some of these books and read them. And honest to God, I think he's going to. (laughs) 
That's hilarious. Did you tell him the name of the podcast? What if he listens? No, I did not tell him the name of the con. Uh, no, I did not. Okay. Because I don't want him to listen because I've got to go back on for six weeks, twice a week. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be stuck seeing this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be stuck seeing this guy. Yeah, so it was great. I, I like it. You're, you're just like spreading the gospel of romance um, novels and you're educating. It's a public surface that his it, future partners are going to appreciate. I agree. I, I think it is a public service because men don't have a clue. But I was thinking that in the male interests in these books or they're always very serious and people want to laugh and joke around and have fun well they're serious in the ones that we read mm -hmm. because i think we like our main characters like that but there's plenty of like cinnamon roll main characters that people can read about where it's like the quote-unquote good guy the nice guy or it's a rom-com or mm -hmm. we're just not really into those types of books okay at least we know what we want. I know what my kink is, so I'm not <laughs> clear from those. I know what my kink is, but I will never. It's going to the grave with me. Oh, good lord! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that is saying something. So it is, isn't it? <laughs> yes, to the grave. That's hilarious. Uh, all right, so let's focus on the book. Okay. This book is the fourth book in a series, and it's called Broken by the Horde King by Zoe Gravin. And I got to tell you, when I read the first couple of books in this series, at the end of her book, there's an email link for her. And I actually shot her an email and said, I, you know, enjoyed reading the first couple of books, blah, blah, blah never thinking I'd hear back from her in a million years. And she sent me an email back saying, thank you so much for your comments about my book. It really makes me feel good. She seems like a very nice person. I think we could be BFFs. Oh, that's nice. I don't think that she's on social media. And her last name is Draven with a D. I think you said Graven with a G. No, but my jaw is slipping. Oh, and okay. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. I have tried to look her up on social media like Instagram and I couldn't find her. So it's funny that she puts the email on there and she actually responds to email. I wish she would get an Instagram because then I would be all up in her DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why she's not on social media. Probably. She doesn't want freakazoids like me being mm. like, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Whereas uh, Rebecca... Hefner and I were swapping DMs yesterday. And I was like, it's so funny that we connected over her book and her videos crack me up. They just... I know. And she is super sweet too. Yeah, she is very sweet. This book, like you said, is book number four. Um, the series is Horde Kings of Dakar. I don't remember if you said that already. It's one of those series where it's the interconnected standalones. So each book features a different main couple and each book focuses on a different horde which is like a clan mm -hmm. or a tribe of people so even though we're doing book number four i don't think it's going to be really difficult for anybody to follow along yeah with what's going on do you want to talk about how the book starts sure so this book is kind of like a second chance romance almost so the book starts 
with what is titled before. So it's kind of like a prologue, but we get several chapters during this before time before it switches to like what's called after, which is like now. So it starts with before the female main character is an eight year old human, but she hasn't spoken at all in her entire life. Um, She was found abandoned in some woods by some Dakaris. These are like the native people on this planet. Um, she gets adopted by a Dakari family and has a sister, an older sister in that family. She is uh, talking or like thinking about the story of how she fell in love with a boy who was a Dakari boy and he was 13 years old when she was eight. And he was the only son of the Sorakar, which is the leader of like a clan that no longer travels around. Yes, they, instead of being nomads, they actually have stone housing that they live in. Yeah, stationary. That's Permanent. They, yeah, they become like an outpost mm-hmm. for the other tribes to visit when they're like traveling through. Some of the kids make fun of her and the Rukar, the boy she's in love with, which means the prince, finds her and he takes her to a private location that has a view of the sea and ends up becoming like their special spot. When he takes her over there, he ends up telling her what his name is. Um, His name is Kieran and it's really special that he has told her what his name is because the Drakkar people feel like names have power and so they don't tell just anybody their name and so this was a very special moment for her and she actually says his name back so the first word she ever says is his name that is sweet it was sweet yeah so then the next thing that happens is she's 15 years old and in the uh, for Drakari female they come of age at 16 whereas for males it's 20 which i thought was funny because <laughs> nothing's different no matter what universe you're in right well and uh, even one of the like adult females tells her like the boys come of age older because they need longer to mature <laughs> yeah it's just universally known yes <laughs> Yeah, so uh, at 20, uh, Karen starts his training to become a horde warrior called a Daruka. How do you say it? Darukar. Yeah, I'm not sure. Darukar. There's a lot of made up words in this book to go along with the world, but since this is book four, I feel like I can read them pretty well and know what they are off the bat, but saying Mm -hmm. them is a whole nother story. Well, that's exactly how I feel. It's like I never had problem reading these words. So he's going to start traveling to the, there's a main city called the thief and that's where they go for their training and so he's going to be leaving their town and he's going to be it takes a few years to go through this training and he's going to eventually participate in the vakara trials which happen every five years it's the night before curran and the other men are leaving and so they're having a big feast to celebrate that they're going off to start this training Maeve is dancing with her sister. She's having a really good time. And after the feast, she's looking for for him. And she goes to their secret spot. He's kissing another woman, it turns out. And when they turn to look at her, she realizes he's kissing her sister. This part made me so mad. Yeah. And she gets really upset and she goes to leave. But he ends up grabbing her arm and apologizing to her, saying... 
you're my friend. And he says that she's too young and has a lot to learn. And so does he. And when she asks him, Are, will you care for me when she comes of age? And he he says maybe, which all of a sudden she's like, okay, everything's fine. Because maybe when I become of age, he's going to end up caring for me. And that satisfies her. Ugh, it's like the small little kernel of yes. Hope. It's like the was it Dumb and Dumber or like Ace Ventura <laughs> where he's like, so you're saying there's a chance? Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, both great hilarious movies. Yeah. Oh my god. So it's the it's the small little glimmer yeah. she needs to carry her through the all the years that she's already spent in love with him because at this point it's been seven years. Yeah. And now he's going off to do his training. Ugh. Yeah. Yes. This poor bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Maeva Ma ends up working for a Makira, which is a master healer in the town to keep her busy. She realizes after seeing him help a Dakari female give birth that that's what she wants to do. And so she sets her sights on that. And it makes her have some kind of purpose. Mm -hmm. So now she's like an apprentice. And so Kieran can come back once a year from his training at the capital city to his village. So when he does, she can notice that he's slowly changing. Each visit, he seems a little different. That but was they sad. Still, yeah, they still spend time together. They're still really good friends. He is about to go into the Vorikar trials. He does it successfully, which is good because they can be like lethal to yeah. some of them that join it. Mm -hmm. um, he ends up becoming the youngest in history to pass the trials at age 25. Mm -hmm. He returns to his village after he's passed the trials and become a Vorikar. And... He asks Maeve to join him in the wild lands as the healer for his sword. And she's 20. Starts, yeah, she's 20. Yeah. So he wants her to be the horde healer. So she hasn't given him her answer yet, but now there's another feast to celebrate his status and his departure to start his new horde. Just a very big celebration the night before he's about to take off. So she gets all like dolled up and they um, do like dancing and feasting. And there's this uh, ritual where eligible women in the tribe or village will present their drinking glass to the Vorikar to say, like, I'm interested in you. So she goes to give him her goblet. He actually gets really mad at her and he tells her to leave and he doesn't drink from it. And so she's like embarrassed and shamed and she ends up fleeing from the festival the feast and she doesn't get very far before he follows her and he ends up dragging her to that secret spot they had that overlooks the sea um he asks her why she did it she doesn't really answer but she's kind of like well is you know isn't it obvious like you should I, know what do you, mean you don't know yeah like what do you mean why why are you asking why did i do it it's obvious mm -hmm. Into you, she she kisses him and tries to seduce him, and she ends up taking off her dress. He completely freaks out. Oh, so sad. Oh God, it's horrible. He freaks out and tells her like to get dressed again. There was a quote I wanted to read. I do not love you, Maeve. Not in the way you want me to. Oh, so sad. 
and she she's like, well, but I'm older. And you said like, you know, that little 1% kernel. That yeah. He told her. Yep. And he goes, they were just words. I didn't want to hurt you. But I realize now that I should have been clear from the beginning. I love you like I would my own blood. Sefi. He calls her Sefi, which is like a type of flower. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, God, he loves her like a sister. Like how embarrassing. Oh, just complete devastation for me at this point. Yeah. And when she takes her dress off and he he freaks out and says, what the bork are you doing? She hears something in his voice like disgust. She can't get that out of her head. Yeah, it's just completely traumatizing to her. Of course, and, it would be to anybody. Yeah, I was traumatized on her behalf at this point. Mm-hmm. So she tells him, I-, I love that she like stuck up for herself here and she just like told him flat out. She says, I may be young and I, I may seem pathetic to you, but I was never afraid to love you, Kieran. And I certainly never felt ashamed that I did. Not until right now. Mm. Oh, yeah. Heartbreak. Yes. So she tells him to like leave her alone and go. He does, even though he doesn't really want to. She runs off and she finds her older sister, uh, LaRue. She's just a mess. Like she's been crying, obviously. Her dress is now on backwards. <laughs> yeah. She's been on wrong. Yeah. She, at this point, has loved him for 12 years and he absolutely broke her heart because he didn't love her back. And so that's the end of the before period Mm -hmm. from when they were children. Well, the other thing is she's definitely not going to go be part of his tribe because in her mind, he's asking her to join this tribe and he has to take, he's going to have to eventually take a mate. They're called a Morakari. She says, how does he expect me to stand by and watch him love another woman? female i can't do that and who who could not me yeah not me either i cannot be the bigger person i'm sorry (laughs) yeah so she ends up like you said crying in her sister's arms and telling her sister he doesn't love me and you know her sister and and her are very close and he said she tells her well then it's his loss i loved her for this i did too it was so good yeah she says it's his loss because you have so much to give. And she does. Yeah, she's just like a loving, caring person. Yeah. And then before you know it, nine years pass before she ever sees him again. And then we start in the section of the book called The After. Mm-hmm. So now The After is the nine-year jump that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah. She wakes up. She's still dreaming about him. She still, in her heart, is in love with him, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. She's living with her father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she still lives in the village. She lives with her father. And uh, her sister, LaRue, is visiting right now because her mate is a warrior. And he's off on like a hunt or something. And she's pregnant right now. And she also has a young son. They've got like a full house at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maeve is is still working with the healer and she's hoping to be chosen as his replacement. And she should find out any day now if he has chosen her to replace him as like the master healer. Yes, she is in competition with his nephew, but she is the better healer of the two. Of course. Yeah. But she even admits like basically like nepotism is probably going to get him the thing, but she doesn't give up trying. Right. And she goes off out of the village into the, the 
the fields looking for ingredients for the medicines that she makes. And while she's out there, she comes across a horde of warriors that are fighting some beastly creature. So these creatures seem like all different variations of the like worm thing from the movie Tremors. Oh my God, that is exactly what I thought. I could okay. see it in my freaking head. It was horrible. Yeah, because a lot, like, sometimes they, like, live in the ground and they cause, like, you know, um, sinkholes. And so this is what I was picturing the whole time I was reading the book was that worm, but, like, with arms, right? Some of them have, like, arms to, like, I don't know. They have, I don't know either. I didn't think of them with arms, but who knows? This was just the visual I got when I was reading about the all the creatures on this planet. Yeah. So that horde that she stumbles upon is fighting one of these creatures. And of course she runs over there because at first she thinks that it's the people from her village, like mm -hmm. her father and her uh, brother-in-law returning from whatever they were doing. Right. So she's worried about them, but then also she's a healer. So she's always checking on people yeah she could tell somebody got hurt because she hears the moaning and there's three guys standing around a daruka that's laying on the ground so she tends to this injured warrior turns out that these are not warriors that she knows and these are actually warriors from kieran's horde and kieran was actually returning to the village oh my god a band of people so this is the first time she's seen him after nine years was you know, outside the village during this chaotic situation. But I loved this part because when she sees him, she's, she does a lot of like locking down of her emotions and mm -hmm. like shutting it off. Yeah. So she thinks that she holds on to her indifference because it felt good. And she thinks for once I wasn't angry at him for once I wasn't hurt. He didn't have power over me anymore. That was enough to celebrate in itself. And I it's was like, good girl. Good girl. Yeah. I, <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. I thought the same thing. Now we get a chapter in his POV. Mm -hmm. So now at this point, now we're doing dual POV. And I really like this book, but then all, every book so far, like in this series has had this where the chapter says like the chapter number, but then it also has a chapter heading of a different image. Yeah. So you, you know right away if it's going to be his chapter or hers based on the picture you see um, at the beginning of the chapter. So his is a sword and mm -hmm. hers is like um, ocean waves. Mm -hmm. So I like that she does that in these books. In Kieran's POV, I think, uh, I don't think anything. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> What am I trying to say here? During his POV, Maeve is done tending to this injured warrior. And she tells him, you know, you have to get him to the village quickly so that the master healer can finish what I started. She goes to return to the forest because she still hasn't gotten those medicinal items she was on the search for. And Kieran wants her to return with him to the village. Well, he's worried course. because these wild animals are out in the forest and he's worried something's going to happen to her. Yeah, so he's worried, but then at the same time, she's been perfectly fine for the last nine years yeah, without him. Right. So I really liked that she refused and mm -hmm. she left him and went to finish what she started. I was like, good for you. Like, stand your ground and do your job. Yeah, and in his point of view, he's thinking to himself, she was even more beautiful now than she had been when we were younger. Mava, that's how I say her name. I don't know. Is well, that's not how the it's spelled, but I always 
think it with just Maeve. So I'm the one saying it wrong. Are you? I don't know. And But he, <laughs> he thinks to himself, she's not the same girl that I left behind. Yeah, she's not. I mean, at this point, she's 29 years old. It's been nine years, right? So she's like 29, fully matured, has a career, doesn't need his ass. Right. Not afraid to say what she thinks. Mm -hmm. But he tells one of his men to follow her because he wants to make sure she's protected uh, of course yeah so he tells his second in command which they call a Pujarok. his name is eric kieran makes him follow her yeah and he doesn't like her because he thinks that she's disrespectful to kieran and oh, he tells yeah. he tells her you you will show him respect they're not supposed to make eye contact and she doesn't give a shit about any of that because he's always <laughs> going to be that boy to her. She even says he's always been Ricard to me, you know, but I will try if it makes you feel better. I will try to show more respect. Oh, but then when Eric questions her, like, who are you to him? Mm -hmm. She says, I am no one to oh, him. I oh, know. And she even thinks like the words hurt. And I was like, they hurt me too, girl. They hurt me too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We got you, sister. Mm -hmm. Yes. Poor thing. And she's also thinking that he was always handsome, but now he's just dropped it gorgeous. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All those scars just add to the appeal. Mm, do they? <laughs> I think so, yeah. They do for me. <laughs> yeah, and Eric tells her no one would speak to him that way. And if you did, you are got to be somebody because he, you were not punished for it. But she doesn't answer him. She just starts doing her thing. Oh, he wa he wants to help her get on a pierogi. To go back to the village. And it's like a... Uh... It's like a big, like, rhino horse type thing is what I was picturing. Like that an has, elephant almost. That has claws but can move quickly. And they're very devoted to their their person, whoever their rider is. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I already know how to mount a pierogi. She's like, I prefer to run anyway. Yeah, so she runs back to the village. <laughs> yeah. And he follows her. So she gets back to the village and she goes straight to where the doctor is mm -hmm. to check on that injured soldier. Mm -hmm. When she gets in there, she's shocked to see that Kieran is in there as well. He explains that his Mo Mokira, his master healer, mm -hmm. died mm -hmm. and that he came to the village to secure a new one. Oh, boy. Uh, as soon as he said this, I was like, oh, good Lord. I yeah. know where this is going. Yeah, he needs a healer, and her dream is to work in her own village and get the title of healer for that village that she's in. Uh-huh, and so he is saying that his horde is going to camp in the south, which is where they are, um, nearby to this village for the cold season. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I'm going to take one of your healers during the cold season for my horde. Yeah, he's concerned because there is a lot of pregnant females in his horde and one of them is human. Her husband's a warrior, but she's she's pregnant and he's concerned. He wants to make sure they have a, a healer available for his warriors, but especially for these pregnant women. So and then he, he 
Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, he goes to see his mother and father. Oh, it's so tense when he yeah. meets with his dad because they have a lot of, like, I wouldn't say they hate each other, but they do the typical, like, we're both powerful men, so we butt heads with each other over, like, who's in charge now. Yeah, but Kieran's uh, Vorikar and her his father gave up that title to settle this village because his mother wanted to live by the ocean. So technically Kieran is more, has more power than his father. Yeah. And I think that bothers him because he's like, well, I'm your dad. So I still like quote unquote outrank you, Mm -hmm. even though he doesn't. So that's kind of where their like struggles come from. I feel like with just this power dynamic. Yeah, plus he tells his father, he has to get his father's permission to take one of the healers. And his father says, get a healer from Dehik. I don't know how to say it. Oh, the, the, main, the capital, yeah. Yeah, the capital. Um, And he's like, I forbid you from taking one of my healers, even though he had four of them. And Karen just looks at his father and says, you cannot forbid it. I don't need your permission. Yeah, he just pulls rank on him. Yeah. So he leaves this meeting with his parents that didn't go that well. And he goes to um, try to find Maeve and he's looking for her, of course, in that secret spot they had that overlooks the water. He gets there and he can't find her. But then he like turns around and there she is. Yeah. And she's fucking livid. (laughs) Yeah, she's furious. So apparently earlier in the day, Kieran spoke to the Mokira her boss basically and told him that he selects Maeve as the healer that he wants to take from the village for his horde. So because he told the healer that it's not the only reason, but this was definitely persuasive. Right. The master healer did give the title over to his, his nephew. I think it is right. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. So he like selected the nephew and he, basically releases Maeve from her duties for the village so that she can go with the horde. So she's pissed because she's worked for like basically a decade or more at this point for this title. And he took it all away in an instant. Yeah. I'd be, I was pissed when I read it. I thought, God, mm-hmm. he, he just comes in and in one 20 minute conversation, he blows up her whole freaking life again. Yeah, just because he's decided that he wants to be back in her life again. It was really infuriating. Right. And he tells her, I'm giving you a formal offer. Since you're not going to be the Makara of the the village, I want you to be the Vakara of my horde through. And she's all through the through the frost. Yeah, she's like through the frost only. And he's like, well, you can have the title as long as you want it. Yeah, as long as you want to stay. But he does tell her that he has humans in his horde which she's never seen another human other she's only ever seen herself yeah that's crazy yeah yeah so that's kind of appealing plus one of the humans is pregnant like you said before and she's having um a hybrid pregnancy so that also interests her because of like the medical stuff right so she does agree to be the mokira for his horde but for the frost only Mm mm-hmm but she refuses to leave the village until after she could say goodbye to her father. Her father, I think, still hasn't returned from his hunt at this point. Um, and he tells her that she can have a week to get her things in order and say her goodbyes. Yeah, and he tells her, too, while they're standing there, I've missed you. And she's like, Ugh. yeah. 
<laughs> That's all I have to say about that. She calls them vulnerable words that I feel deep in my belly. And she's like, you can call me Makara now. That's all I'm going to be to you. Yeah, because he keeps calling her Sefi, which was yeah, his pet, name, his pet for name for her. It's just cruel at this point. It's just mean. Yeah, it's really sad because it's not, it's all about him. It's not about her. Love is not painful, people. If it's yeah. painful, it's not love. So she does a flashback thinking about 11 years ago that he, when they were hanging out on the cliffs by the sea, he was supposed to take her swimming or teach her how to jump off these cliffs. And a lot of the Dakari people used to do it, but she's human and he has, you know, she needs to be more careful because she's not going to heal as quickly. So she well, asks him what he's like, you could jump from this little like baby ledge. You can't jump from yeah. like, the ledge that we normally do. Cause you're a human and you won't heal. She's like, don't tell me what I can do and what I can't do, but he has the right of it. He's just being protective of he, her. He is being protective of her. And he thinks to himself, it's only when he's around her that he feels unburdened and that soon he's going to have to go back again. And that, He's really, as a Vakara, he's not supposed to have friends, and it probably looks strange to people, but everything between them has always been unwavering and pure. While he's thinking this, she starts going towards the cliff, and he's like, I said no, but she just starts <laughs> running up the hill, and he's screaming her name, and then uh, so he just feels this, has a sickening feeling as she dives off the edge. But he immediately jumps in after her. Yes, of course. He's oh. like, all, all I could do was pray to Kakari, who is their god, the planet. Mm -hmm. Maeva wasn't injured, and he's frantically looking for her, and all of a sudden he sees her head bobbing up in the waves, and she's treading water. She's really near this rock that was jutting out of the water, and that's why he really didn't want her to jump, because the rock is incredibly dangerous you could kill yourself and he swims over to her and she's got this look of fear in her eyes and all of a sudden he sees blood coming from her lip mm -hmm. he gets so pissed yeah he does he's all you foolish creature snagging her around the waist and tugging her towards the shore well and then she has red blood oh and right the jacaris bleed black yes <laughs> <laughs> and he she said i'm i'm sorry karen i'm sorry and he's just livid he, you know he mm -hmm. couldn't stand to see her cry but or, you know she, she was crying and he he's all what did you hit on and she was afraid to tell him but she says the wave pushed me into the rock and he's all my anger bursting back to life you will never make that jump again do you understand me i growled mm -hmm. and, and then she's all were you worried for me <laughs> yeah of course yeah, because that's all that's important. And he's all, yes. And then she says to him, maybe you should have taken me when you said you would. And he looks at her and he goes, he goes, you impossible creature. You make me crazy. She's like, yeah, but you forgive me, right? And he's of all, course. only if you promise never to do that again. And then he says, the Makara needs to tend to your wounds. And she's like, please don't bring me there. I couldn't handle it he and she'll be embarrassed she'll be really embarrassed he goes well this is your punishment yeah this is what you get for not listening to me so he takes her to the <laughs> i know and she goes very well and she lets him take her hand and he kind of is hiding his smile as he's taking her to the healer so now we jump back to the now time mm -hmm. from that little flashback kieran 
is going to Maeve's house to pay respects to her Loma. She gets really mad that he's there because her Loma's actually passed away. She tells him like, well, it's a little late for that. And she questions him like, why are you really there? And he thinks, why was I really here? Because the years have felt endlessly long without you. Then he tries like a different tactic because she's still pissed. And he's mm-hmm. like, we we were friends once, Maeve. Can we not be again? And she goes, and you showed me just how much you valued that friendship. So- oh, I love that she calls him out like immediately. Yeah, so apparently she was super close to her adoptive mother, her Loma. And when her Loma died, even though he was in the trials, the Vakara trials, she wrote him several times asking him to please come home for her mother's funeral, that she really needed him. And not only did he not come home, he didn't reply to her letters. Yeah, he didn't reply to any of her letters to the point where she begged his mother to send a letter. Yeah, so he wants to try to repair their damaged friendship. And she says that she just wants to like forget it and move on. Yeah, so he tells her, I'm leaving in the morning. I'm going to send a guard back for you to... To bring you to the horde once we get settled. So she spends a week preparing to leave her village. She makes some extra medicine to leave with her sister because her sister is pregnant right now. Yes, and her sister's worried about her and says you need to please be careful that the Vakar has always had some power over you. And I don't want him to hurt you again. And she tells her sister, I don't love him anymore. And she knows that she can never love him again. Not, and she says not after Loma and her sister says, you know, what about Loma? And that's when she had never told her sister. He ends up telling, she tells her sister about how she begged for him to come back for her mom's funeral. And he did not come back. And that after that happened, she could not love him anymore. Now it's time for her to go to the new horde and the warriors show up to pick her up. And Kieran is among them. Mm-hmm. That's her surprise. And he insists that she rides with him on his parochie back to the horde. Even though she's like, well, I can, I know how to ride. Like I grew up with these things. Yeah. She's but like, there's no need for me to ride with you. But he insists and he says they have to ride fast and that there have been reports of creatures journeying beyond their natural territories. So he's saying it's a little more dangerous than it usually is. Mm-hmm. So she does ride with him uh, while she's riding with him. He tells her a little bit about what's going on, you know, outside of her village he says that he tells her about this thing called a uh, red mist of red fog. Yeah. That he says there's creepy. The, yeah. He says there's a dark red mist blanketing the dead lands. It's a very of odd event that's never happened before. And they're not really sure if it's a weather thing, like a biological weapon, a curse from their goddess or what, but it's definitely something that's put them on high alert. And like that coupled with, like the creatures going outside where they normally are. It's just a general cause for worry. While they're riding back, she's sitting in front of him. And at one point he spots this big scar on her back. And he questions her like, where'd you, where'd you get that? She refuses to tell him where it's from. Then further on in their journey, I think it's like nighttime at this point, maybe um, they start feeling these earth tremors happening and a massive beast like appears 
and starts chasing them. This is another reason why I was thinking of the movie Tremors. Yeah. So it starts chasing them and it goes to like swipe at them or bite at them or something. And Kieran, of course, turns his back and turns to Perokie so that he takes the brunt of the um, lash from this creature and he ends up getting injured on his back. Yeah, I thought it was really weird that he is this great Vakar warrior, but she's the one that grabs the reins and turn and tries to stop the animal they're riding on because she sees that big hole before he does. He takes over and turns them to get away so that he will take the brunt of the swipe of the claws of this beast. He didn't see like the hole in the ground, but it was because he was like talking to the other warriors so his head was turned she oh, said okay she was like if he was seeing like if he was looking the same direction as me he would have seen it before me because he has better eyesight than her oh that's right so they end up dodging that creature but he gets hurt because the thing slits his whole back open oh so gross it is gross so once they get away from that thing that thing eventually stops chasing them they stop somewhere so she that can inspect his injury and they have some talks some good talks while she's doing that trying to patch him up um he questions her if she has a mate um she says no and that she chose herself which i love yes i did too um they also talk about what's happening with the animals with that migrating to the new areas but she's um, she's stitching up his wound and it's when she notices this is the one part in the book that creeps me out on all the books is that she part of the ritual when the Varakar is trying to pass this test is they whip them on their back and she notices when she's stitching him you know how all the scar tissues on his back and it just makes her stomach squeeze it is really gross yeah. it's like the last portion of the trial so if they can like survive like a hundred lashes or yes. something horrific yes yeah, it is really gross. Yeah, so anyway, sorry. That's when they're talking. He's asking her about a mate and all of this while he's she's stitching him up. They talk a little bit about the other Horde Kings and their new mates, which is things that have happened in the prior books. She says that, she basically thinks that love matches, which is what these other Horde Kings are, were love matches. Mm-hmm. She basically thinks that they're a mistake and that logical matches based on like bettering your whore, yes. what the bride can bring to the table are better. She says love ends. Maybe it's better to choose stability. And then he, he gets mad and he says, perhaps I will take you as my Morikari then. What a mean thing to say to her. Yes. Yeah. He says to secure a skilled Mokira for my horde to keep you past the frost and not let you leave. Isn't that the stability you speak of? He says he he thinks he wants her to get angry and to feel the bite of sadness and regret and the deep sense of loss I feel now. So he's like lashes out at her. She goes, well, you could try, but I would never have you yeah i love that yeah like, and no not happening yeah and then she says you're cruel i don't know if you've ever realized how cruel you are but she goes nine years have passed and i don't think you've changed at all they go on she's you know obviously a little upset by what he said they arrive at his horde she sees a body of water which she thinks is another sea he's like no that's a lake she's mm -hmm. never seen a lake before 
But she's happy because she loves the water and this will mm -hmm. make her a little happier being away from home. And then she sees the other humans. It's really cute when she sees humans. Yeah. And then she sees a human male. She's never seen a human man yeah. before either. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, While she's new to the village, Kieran selects a woman, a Dakari woman, to be uh, Maeve's Peaky. Mm -hmm. Peaky is like an attendant like a, I would think like lady in waiting. Yes. He assigns her a peaky, but she gets mad because she's like, you can't give me a peaky. That's going to give people the wrong impression because peakies are traditionally assigned to the future queen of the horde. Yes. But he's having none of it. He's like, no, if you want her to be your like guide, if yeah. it makes you feel better to call her your guide for the village, call her your guide. But she's your peaky. <laughs> yeah. And her name is Hina. Or yes. Ha yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, this woman, Hina, shows her around the village. Oh, boy. Um, she eventually takes her to the old Mokira's Voliki. It's the tent, the healer's tent, mm -hmm. to show her like where she's basically going to be working now. Uh, when they go in there, there is a boy in there, a Dakari boy named Asir, and he was the old healer's apprentice. It's obviously a mess in there because this yeah. apprentice doesn't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He's not, he hasn't been training for very long before the original healer died. The kid is young and inexperienced, but he's willing to work hard and learn, and she gets to work right away of like... Okay, let's clean out this part and organize here and let's see what he has. So she just dives right in. She's in her world now. While she's doing that, Kieran and his Pujarak, Eric, his second in command, they're going over the attack that happened while he was returning to the Horde. And they're also discussing the Red Mist. And the Pujarak questions him now a little bit about Maeve. Yeah. Just like he questioned Maeve when they were alone together because he knows a little bit about the history of what went down with them but he doesn't know all the details so he's you know just kind of questioning him like be careful and like this is that girl that you mentioned before right from your past yes because he has been karen has been celibate for some time because he just can't get over Mava and eric can't understand why he doesn't want to be with other women and when he all of this is going down. Finally, the light bulb goes off, and Eric says, "Oh, this is this is her, the the woman." They basically make fun of him because they they say that Dakari males are very lustful. Yep. And he used to have other lovers, but he hasn't for a while. So he's like, "Okay, it's all kind of making sense now." So at the end of the night, he goes to Maeve's Voliki her tent mm -hmm. he just walks right in well, and she's in the middle of getting ready for a bath yeah but he he's the king of the village they do that i mean you've read the other books it's his it's his town <laughs> no i know and he even tells her like well if you wanted privacy you should have like tied your voliki up right. this way she doesn't know that she's never like lived in one of these things before she lived in a house before so that was kind of funny though she obviously gets mad but he's just like i do what i want obviously <laughs> yeah obviously right um so then later on she is tending to that uh, pregnant human female the one that's having the hybrid baby um she has obviously never supervised a delivery like this before but she has delivered a lot of babies in her life 
Yeah. But she does take extra care of her. That human female's name is Addie. And she's there with her like best guy friend, Gabe, who's the human male. Yes. She tells Addie that she will write to other healers in the other hordes that have had hybrid pregnancies and ask them what they suggest and what they can do to um, help her when it's Addie's time to have the baby. Sorry, I'm trying to turn on my Kindle for my other notes and my Kindle is strobing. So I don't know what the hell is happening here. Oh, that's okay. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll I've been just... having a problem with my Kindle lately. It won't charge fully. Oh, really? I can only get it to charge to like 93%. And that's the maximum. I don't understand it. It's all a ploy to get people to buy other a new one. Probably. This Kindle's only like two years old. There's no reason for it to be doing this. Yeah. I think I got mine right before <laughs> I moved down here. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, she told Karen to come to her at some point so that she could check his wound because she's got to change his bandage he of course doesn't go to see her at the healer's tent he goes to her private tent Mm. to get checked of course (laughs) (laughs) while he's there getting tended to he does confess to her that he's been having dreams of her and this was kind of sweet he Mm -hmm. goes i dream of you all the time mave and she's all what? He goes, even before I left the Saruk, that was her village in Dothik, I would dream of you. She's like, why are you telling me this? He goes, so you know that I have never forgotten you, not for a single day, a single moment. He goes, I know it doesn't matter much now. I know your hatred of me is warranted, but I have always remembered. I wanted you to know that. Yeah, it's so sad because he's telling her and she's like having none of it because she worked long and hard to shut her heart down to him Mm -hmm. she's like i don't hate you i just don't want to do this with you yeah i'm not looking for this it's over i I don't i'll never trust you or love you again yeah it's sad but it's a good conversation for them to have i think eric ends up making some kind of comment to mava about how kieran was betting and everything and anything that would move when he was in his training and he she you know it's hard for her to hear these things (sighs) He just makes this like unnecessary dig at her. Yeah. Why? He's just being mean to her for no reason. And she's like, yeah, I assume he would be betting other females because he made no promises to me. Like we were nothing. So of course he would be betting other females. Right. But then Kieran also confesses (laughs) when they were younger, she had some suitors. Kieran confesses that he scared off the other suitors well she was younger i'm like this guy's been like cock blocking her forever at this point oh my god yeah that was so oh she's like livid but doesn't he end up telling her he ends up telling her i'm sorry i went to grab my phone so that i could look at my notes on my phone he ends up telling her that the guy just wanted to bed her because she was a human. Yeah, one of her suitors wanted to sleep with a human because she's like a novelty. Right. It's terrible. And then she has mixed feelings because she's she's really glad she ended up not sleeping with it, that guy. So then it's like another day or two goes by of like normal working at the healer's tent and now it's time for them to have a welcome celebration, a feast for Maeve. So this should be a time for like happy things but because of what happened in that one feast years and years ago i just Mm -hmm. know it's gonna be bad (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. Her Peaky ends up dressing her to look really pretty and does her hair and she looks beautiful. And at one point she did think maybe I will, that the human Gabe is smiling at her and being nice to her. And she's, he had told her, I hope that you're, I look forward to dancing with you at the feast. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I'll make the best of it. Yes. So she does dance with him, Gabe. But of course, Kieran gets pissed off. He's been staring her down like the whole time. Yeah. He's getting goblets thrown at him left and right. Mm-hmm. But of course she refuses to go there again. Yeah, he he's wa- he's waiting for her to bring her goblet up and that is not going to happen. Yeah, so he goes to interrupt her um, good time. Her, yeah, her dance, of course. She can't be dancing and having fun with somebody else. So he starts dancing with her and then he says to her, "I was waiting for you, Seffi, waiting for your goblet to reach my table." <gasps> and of course, this immediately freaks her out and she's like, "Are you mocking me?" Yeah. And he just says, "Never," but of course he like humiliated her because that was like the worst time of her life Mm -hmm. so she runs off because she's upset so she's fleeing yet another feast yeah poor thing so she goes to that lake that they found outside of the village uh walls he follows her of course of course she confronts him about how he never said goodbye when he left that's part of the reason why she was upset. She's like, I know we had a fight and I know you said you didn't feel that way about me, but you literally didn't even say goodbye. Like I thought we were friends. Yeah. And then in the meantime, she's standing in the middle of the lake and he's telling her, Seffi, come out, come out of there. Your bones are going to freeze. And she's like, maybe I want them to. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Nana, nana, boo Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yes, and he ends up going in the water after her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, can't you just leave me alone? No, we don't do that here. And she's like, I'm I'm begging you. And he's like, you shouldn't have gone out past the gates. It's dangerous right now. Uh, your safety's always going to come first. And she's like, why? So he does end up telling her that he tried to say goodbye to her, but that her father wouldn't let him into the house to talk to her because she was so upset after that confrontation they had. Yeah, I love that. That she love was this crying part. so much. Mm-hmm. The father was so protective. Her dad daddy... was, yeah, he was sitting on her stairs, on the stairs, <laughs> blocking him. Yeah, he even punched him at one point, even though he was a Vorikara now, so he would have gotten into a lot of trouble. But Well, it was a death sentence. So then she's like, oh, that's weird like i that's new information but so then she's like okay but i'm also mad at at you because of this other thing and she's like i needed you this time also and you weren't there you weren't there at the burial and he's like what are you talking about i don't know what you're talking about yeah he's all whose burial yeah and she goes my mom's oh so sad he didn't know that her mom died he's like your your mom's he's like i had absolutely no idea Mm -hmm. so now she's really freaking out because she's like everything thing i thought i knew in the past was not true she's like he may be a lot of things but he's not a liar so she has no reason to think that kieran is lying to her at this point yeah she's like please don't do this to me don't tell me you don't remember or i will never forgive you oh yeah because at first she's like is he seriously saying he forgot about my mom dying? yeah then she's like oh no he's saying he doesn't know about my mom dying at all so he starts saying he's sorry about her mom and he didn't yeah because he really liked oh. her mother she just has like a complete mental breakdown on the beach and cries so much that she ends up falling asleep in his arms 
Oh, I know. So he scoops her up from the lakeside and carries her back into the village. It's so cute because he's like carrying her while she's sleeping. And he thinks, um, I decided that I would make Maeve love me again. Whatever it took. I decided I would make her my Morikari. Yeah. That I would claim her in the old way. That she would be my Kasakari, my love, my mate, my queen. Mm-hmm. It had always been her. It always would be. Aww. Oh. And then when he brings her in the into the village, to he passes her Valiki. And he's like, she's not going to sleep there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you belong with me Sefi in my furs it is there that you will sleep from now on Mm -hmm. and the chapter ends with him going and finally I brought my female to our bed yeah oh I love that I know (laughs) I know it was so sweet so she wakes up the next morning she's like disoriented she's in his tent and they have a lot to talk about but he just basically throws a bunch of clothes at her and he's like get dressed i told you i was taking you on a run this morning like we used to do when we were children and i meant it Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the perfect thing for him to do because it kind of the fresh air like refreshes her kind of releases some of the tension they have a good time like chasing each other around the lake yeah so like they still the good have old a lot days. To talk- yeah, they still have a lot to talk about, but this was a good, like, tension release for them. Yes. She goes to work in her healer's tent. She <laughs> she is instructing Asir on how to tend to one of the injured warriors. <laughs> Somebody got injured in the training. Yeah. It's so funny. Yes. <laughs> this part was so funny the warriors like hurt so bad that he needs stitches yep she's like okay asir like this is how you do it and she's like okay my um i can't remember what the like assistant word is Mm -hmm. but she's like my assistant is gonna stitch you up now and the warriors like freaks out he's like wouldn't you rather do it yes Like, you can take this injury on the training field, but the thought of this guy stitching you up is, like, freaking you out right, right. now. Yeah. That was really funny. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, she goes to go to her tent to go to bed, and she's, like, walking, <laughs> and she's like, well, this is this is weird. Like, isn't this where my tent is supposed to be? She, like, even, like, does it where she's, like, walking, like, in a circle and like looking at she's like did i get lost while i was walking and not paying attention she's like no no i I specifically remember this is exactly where my tent was oh it's so funny but my tent is gone she's like what the hell is happening yeah (laughs) and she even asked somebody she's like do you know where my tent is right yeah the person she asked was like the vorikar and she's like what about him and he's like well he said to have your voliki dismantled and she's like but by stuff like why is he getting rid of my tent so she's instantly freaking out and thinking it's a bad thing yeah said he's that she's like in trouble yeah right (laughs) and then she just starts stalking towards him oh my gosh this part was so great so she like goes to his tent She's like a little timid at first because she thinks like she's in trouble. But Kieran is a smug SOB because he's waiting for her in his bath. And he's like specifically waiting for her to come and yell at him. And like he wants her to be pissed. It's, this part was so good. He goes, I prepared myself for a fight when I heard angry, quick strides approaching my Voliki. <laughs> yeah, but he's naked in that bathtub. Of course he is. Yeah. 
And he, when she walks in, her eyes just go wide and they're, he expected her to run away and she doesn't. He thought she'd be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. She's not embarrassed though. Cause she's not that little girl anymore. Yeah. And she doesn't break eye contact with him. And she's, she's all, where is my Valiki? Yeah. He's like, I had it taken down. And she's like, but why? And he's just like, go eat. And she's like, no, like, tell me what's happening. Yeah. And he doesn't, like, really say anything. So she asks him, like, are you sending me away? Oh, I know. And that he, was sad. I know. And he goes, no. And then she's like, well, then, like, what? And he's like, ha, I'm debating how to tell you in a way that won't cost me my diva, his balls, mm -hmm. before you cut them from me. <laughs> And she goes, tell me now, because now she knows something. <laughs> yes. Bad. He goes, you dare to give a Vorikar an order? Good thing you are the only one allowed to. Yeah. He just like rolls her eyes. She's like, just where am I supposed to sleep? Like if you got rid of my tent, what's going on? Where do I sleep? Right. He goes, well, here, of course, this is where you're going to sleep with me. Oh, my God. He's such a smug bastard. Yeah. And she's like, what? So they're having their discussion, but then they get interrupted when somebody comes to the Valiki to announce that there's a visitor. Another Vorikar mm -hmm. has come to the village. Yes. And that uh, person is the Vorikar of Wrath Rowan, and he has news from Dothik, the capital. So Karen has to leave to go meet with that guy. Wrath Rowan tells Kieran that the Dothakar, the king, expects all of them to meet in a week from now in the Deadlands, which is where that red fog uh, mist is happening. Yes. Um, it's horrible timing because of that fog, because Maeve is new to the village, but also because the cold season is about to happen. So they don't have much time to investigate before the cold season when they basically get trapped wherever they settle down for the few months. Yeah, and he says the Doakar is going to go to the Deadlands because the guy never leaves the walls of the, his city. And he's like, no, he's telling us <laughs> to go. And no, he's still not going. He just wants us to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And he wants us to report back to him. Yeah, of course. He's using the Horde Kings as his, like, scouts, his he investigators. Yeah, and apparently, you know, he's panicking about the mist, and he's going to even advance the next trials that come up. Yes, because the trials happen every five years, usually. But because of everything that's going on, he's going to have the next one very soon. Yeah, and Eric is, you know, very interested and wants to know when are they going to be happening and he's told after the frost and we find out a little bit about eric at one point where he and karen were really good friends in the city but because of his heritage eric was not allowed to compete correct to be a vorikar even though he is a born leader yes because eric doesn't have any family or like any connections mm -hmm. so the uh Dothakar didn't allow him to enter the trials. Mm -hmm. But because now the trials are happening sooner and they need more people, he thinks now could be a good chance for him to be a Vorikar himself. Because he never wanted to be second in command. He always wanted to be the leader himself. So him and Kieran, this is part of the reason why they butt heads a lot. Like mm -hmm. they're friends, but also they, it's more power struggles, just like Kieran had with his dad. And Eric asks, has, uh, has the fog gotten grown is it getting bigger that red fog and he mm -hmm. says i don't know we haven't heard anything yeah the 
the fog is doing some weird stuff though with like mm -hmm. the animals moving and the animals seem to be like getting tired faster so there's definitely a lot going on right that they need to figure out right yeah it's all creepy so Maeve did fall asleep in his tent. Where else would she have gone, really, right? Right. <laughs> so she wakes up and Kieran is there. They have some more talks now, which I liked because they had started having the talks before they got interrupted. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he comes back, they start having their talks again, which is good. Like, they have a lot they need to discuss, and they do, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. I hate when most of the conflict is them just having, like refusing to talk to each other yeah it's usually why i don't like friends to love her because it's usually like well i didn't want to say that i loved you because i didn't want to ruin our friendship like i'm sorry i've never been friends with somebody that way right to the point where i would put the friendship over whatever other gains i could get yeah unfortunately <laughs> i am more than willing to humiliate myself and confess my feelings to you <laughs> And have on multiple occasions. And then I'm shocked when it's not reciprocated. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean you don't feel that yeah, way? Yeah. How could you not? So he does end up telling her a lot of the reasons why he didn't pursue her when she was younger. Yes. He says, you were a child when we became friends, Sefi. And she was. She was yeah. eight and he was 13. He goes, um, I wanted to watch over you and protect you. He tells her about the first time he saw her as not a child and he started having these like feelings towards her mm -hmm. that had never happened before. Yes. And then he, those feelings like freaked him out because he's like, I'm supposed to be protecting her and watching over her because she is younger than me. She is my friend. And then he started thinking like there's something wrong with him because he wanted her in that way. Yeah, he thought he was no better than all these, the other guys that were interested in her. I was always supposed to protect you, even if it was from me. He goes, there were other males that wanted you, males that weren't worthy of you. And he's like, I, basically, I wasn't worthy of you either. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, he tells her about that one male that only wanted her because she was a human and how, like, he told, I, he, like, broke that guy's nose or something, like, told him to fuck off. Yeah, he told him he'd kill him if he ever went near her again. Uh, yeah, and he says, like, he does a lot of confessions in this chapter. He says, if I could change it, I would. I think about that night all the time. And if I could change it, I would have claimed you on that cliffside and stolen you away to my horde before you could change your mind about me. Mm. She's like, I loved you for 12 years. Why would I change my mind about you? Right. Why would you think that? And she's, he's like, I definitely think that you would have realized I wasn't good enough for you, that I didn't deserve you or your voking, which is fucking, mm -hmm. your voking beautiful smiles or the way you looked at me when we ran the coast together. He goes, I can't change what happened between us that night, but I'm not that male anymore, Maeve. I'm not afraid anymore. I might not be worthy of your love, Sefi. Truthfully, I might not ever be, but I can promise that I am the best male for you in this entire universe. And I will prove it to you. Oh, swoon. I know. And she's like, is this why you came back after all this time? Like, why now? And he goes, because for nine years, when I lay in my bed, I would think of you. The years passed and all I could think of was you, Sefi. It has always been unfinished between us. Yeah. Oh, and she goes, so you came to finish it? Oh, he goes, Nick. It's no, <laughs> no. <laughs> not to finish it 
to start it and I swooned so hard. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And she's like, start what? <laughs> she's thinking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. And she's like, you want me for your alukiri? So it's custom during yeah. the frost season to take a lover. So that's what she's asking. You want me for your frost lover? He goes, no, you will be my Morikari, my Sefi. <laughs> you will be my Morikari, Maeve. And I will convince you to accept me as your mate any way possible. Oh, loved it. Oh my God. He says he's going to court her. Yes. And pursue her and it's on he's like these are my intentions and, oh and he's like but in the meantime while i'm wooing you you will warm my furs um yeah because he's not above wooing her mm-hmm. in the sack yeah. and in the streets <laughs> he's all you'll know my touch my kiss he purred my cock and i was like oh yes Please. Yes. <laughs> Let me know it. Oh, I think he, that's where we're stopping for the day, isn't it? What else does he say, though? Tell he me says, everything. And I, I will so know. Yeah, he says, and I will know you, making her swallow every part of you, Sefi, the way it always should have been between us, had I not been such a coward. Oh, I loved this entire chapter. I did, too. Like, this was a good part. So this is chapter 30. Mm-hmm. And there's, like over 50 chapters in yes. the book. So this is like a good part for him to like, you know, really be like, this is what I want from you and I'm going to pursue you and not drag it out too much. Yeah, because I, I think the author really had to uh, make us like him again after he rejected her and said the other things to her when they were younger. So she really had to make it, make him be really humble himself basically and tell her straight out what his intentions were and i really think that she succeeded i agree i would not have been able to forgive him Mm -hmm. for all the things that happened Mm -hmm. but because you know he's confessing that he was wrong when they were a kid and that he did try to say goodbye to her and that he didn't know know about the mom yeah because of all those things like it kind of realigns everything in my mind for them to have a relationship together i agree all right so we are stopping here i know i'm sorry you guys but i'm not sorry more (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was I mean, that was 30 chapters. Yeah. So I think we like covered 30 chapters pretty quickly and pretty well. This was actually a really long book. Oh so my gosh. Yeah. I'm glad we decided to make it two parts because there's no way we could have covered 400 plus pages. Right. I th- but I think that's what we need to do in the future is if a book is really interesting to us, we need to just do, and it's long. We try to read shorter books because we try to drop a podcast every week, but mm-hmm. I think we're just going to have to start splitting it because it gives us way more options. Yeah. And this was a good one to split too, because I was highlighting a lot of things in the book, not necessarily things that happened, but things that were quotes or things mm-hmm. that I liked because of how the author wrote the sentences out yes i basically highlighted 90 percent of what we read so far i i mean i read that i highlighted so much in that book but that's okay it's hard to balance the like highlighting things so i remember what happened in the chapters with also then adding in highlighting shit that maybe isn't relevant to the overall plot but i liked the quote right or it made me swoon or so then before you know it you're like oh crap i got 20 pages of highlighting. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, when we start the next episode next week, it's going to be chapter 31. And, you know, he has made his intentions known. So just know it's on. It's on. Yes. There's no holding back now, you guys. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right well you need to um get to editing yes <laughs> so that we can release this in time so. <laughs> yeah, i'm so sorry it's all right okay we'll figure it out eventually all right okay all right babe you have a good day okay, okay talk to you later all right bye bye, bye.